Welcome to the Catapulting Commission's podcast. This is the place where we discuss how to maximize performance and improve retention with today's modern sales force. Every conversation on the show has one goal in mind, and that is to catapult your commission. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia, international best-selling author, motivational speaker, and a lifelong sales enthusiast. Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm excited and glad you joined us today. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something that I think is relevant for every small salespreneur, small business owner. Um, you know, I know in, in my days of building different companies and organizations and some of the clients I consult, uh, when you're in that small business salespreneur world, as we call it on catapulting commissions, right? You, you have a small team that you work, you manage. Uh, sometimes you don't get all the luxuries that some of the large organizations have in terms of benefits, retirement options, things that increase retention with your sales staff or your sales team. Today's guest, we're going to dive into some options for that. But more importantly, uh, as we go through and find ways to help your business survive the upcoming COVID times, we're going to talk some time with Danny Nessam about his strategy and how clients come in his ecosphere and what does that sales process look like. And I think this is going to be an important message for you to hear because when you're selling something to a business owner and it, and it has value to them, everyone seems to think it's just a natural fit, but that's not the case. For those of you that have followed the podcast, you know that I've spent some time uh, in B2B sales and we've had guests on here. And when you're selling business to business, there are some times where it's about providing an exceptional value, not just making that assumption because your product's the best. So let me tell you a little bit about ANC Management Group. It's a boutique PEO and insurance brokerage firm that specializes in getting small to medium-sized businesses the type of benefits that are typically offered to corporations with thousands of employees. The way Danny is able to do this is by placing businesses with a professional employer organization. Once a business is in the pool of other small businesses, it's able to get Fortune 500 types of benefits. Employers have the choice to offer benefits from a wide range of top healthcare insurance providers such as Aetna, United Healthcare, Blue Cross, etc. PEOs can even offer 401k, payroll, risk management, and human resource services. Because this business is now part of a larger group, it's able to get more services and benefits for employees while paying less for them. Since opening ANC Management Group over 25 years ago, Danny Nissim has helped hundreds of businesses and thousands of their employees get healthcare coverage they need and plan for retirement while saving employers over a half a million dollars a year. So Danny's not only going to speak to us today about sales, but we're going to talk about some valuable information that anybody who has a sales team that reports to them can benefit from this. Here's what I love most about the PEO opportunity. It's been proven to grow small businesses significantly faster. And if you have a PEO, you're 50% less likely to go out of business. Turnover rates lower. We're going to dive in and give you some super phenomenal value. Danny Nissen has been on Yahoo Finance, Fox, Pinterest. He was just uh, has an interview in the background working with Forbes, at Forbes. And we're excited to have him on the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Danny, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Anthony. Thank you. Very excited to be with you. I'm glad, glad to have you, buddy. So, Danny, let's 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 just jump right into this here. Um, I want the 
audience that's listening, not everyone fully understands what a PEO uh, brokerage firm is. I know I kind of gave like a high level uh, value of what it is, but let's talk a little bit about that. Explain to us what a true PEO is and why would a small business or salespreneur business, you know, let's say I run a consulting firm or have a, uh, yeah, let's say I run a small consulting firm with nine employees. Why would my business benefit from a PEO service? Okay. That's a, it's a, it's a great question. So basically the PEO model uh, as you said before, is able to take small and medium-sized businesses and leverage them um, and pool them um, and give them Fortune 500 benefits as a large business has. So when you're a smaller company, a lot of the uh, rates are, are fixed. So if you have a, a 10-man uh, company with um, uh, all 30-year-olds or if you have a 10-man company with all 60-year-olds, um, you're getting the same rate. Uh, so sometimes you want to be able to take advantage of the demographics of your company. So by being able to pull a 10-man company and put, in, put, in, put them with a professional employee organization, which pulls companies and creates an environment where maybe there's now 30,000 or 40,000 people in that pool, when they go to the insurance carrier, if it's Oxford, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, or Aetna, now you have a 40,000-person group getting health benefit coverage at those rates for 40,000 person group instead of a 10 person group, which means the insurance company can spread the risk and at the same time offer much, much more attractive rates. So sometimes you get rates that are 20 to 30% lower, okay, than the current rates that you have for exactly the same plan. So you might have an Oxford Gold plan, you're paying thousand uh, dollars for, and then now you can have the same Oxford Gold plan as a large group. You're paying seven hundred a month for the same thing that you're paying a thousand a month. So the, the what drives companies into the PEO obviously is benefits cost. They want to be able to save money on the premiums and offer the same quality coverage that they're offering, and it's substantial. I mean, if you have a twenty-five person company that's paying three hundred thousand dollars for their premium. And now they can get the same thing at a 30% discount being part of the PEO. That's a $90,000 savings on the same health benefits that they currently have. It also offers a multitude of plans. So you might have one or two plans as a company. Some of the PEOs have 18 plans to pick from. So you can have different price points. So the younger people who say, hey, I don't want to pay a lot of money for health benefits because I'm a healthy person, might not even have to pay anything if the price point is very attractive. Because if a company gives them $500 towards the medical insurance, and I could find somebody at a, a health insurance plan at a $500 price point, well, now they don't even have to pay any premiums. It also offers dental, it offers vision, it offers life, it offers disability, it offers a flexible spending account. As you said, it offers a 401k as part of the cost. Um, and the other big area within the PEO, it gives you the ability to get to basically outsource your back office. So a lot of the companies, 10, 15 people, they don't have a compliance officer. They don't have an HR officer. They have an office manager who tries to do everything. And it takes most of the day. Well, now you're going to have an, an, a human resource partner. You're going to have a compliance partner. You're going to have a payroll partner. You're going to have a retirement partner within the PEO. So you can do what's called revenue generating activities as a company, and then you outsource the day-to-day -day, um, activities that you might not want to do to the PEO. And 
And by that also, you're, you're, you're taking care of things like your compliance, where state laws are coming in every single day. Family, the Family Leave Act, um, different, uh, different requirements by the Labor Department in different states. You're an office manager. You might not know everything that you need, what posters to have and everything else. The PEO handles it. So if the Labor Department ever comes in to audit you and potentially fine you, you just send them to the PEO because it's a co-employment relationship. So there's a lot of nice things that a PEO offers. And at the end of the day, if what you're paying for your medical insurance plus your payroll costs are higher than what the PEO offers on their medical costs plus their administration costs they charge by employee, it's definitely an education to give an employer. You know, I like the, the route with PEO. You said something along the lines of uh, companies can minimize the hats. And and I go back to my days in, in B2B sales when I was working and, and I would go to small businesses. And you're absolutely correct. There's six, eight, let's say sub 25 employees, but there's always that one person that has multiple hats. And if that one person gets sick, that one person uh, doesn't show up, that one person, let's just say in current times, develops COVID. That business is such uh, a risky business, a risky organization. They can't sustain the one person wearing multiple hats uh, model for long. And as, as businesses try to scale, I could see that being a significant problem. And I like how your, your offer gives people time and to focus on revenue producing activities, not administrative producing activities. Correct. And think about this way. If, if, they offer something called EPLI insurance, Employment Practice Liability Insurance. So if a company ever gets sued for sexual harassment, sexual discrimination, age discrimination, which is, you know, it, it's a very uh, litigious society right now, and you're getting sued for a million dollars, if you don't have that particular coverage, your business is in trouble. They are, most of these PEOs, as part of their package, offer a $2 million uh, protection uh, umbrella for these things. So. You, you're really taking away a lot of the risk that your business um, will have in the future. And if you think about what's happening in, in society and, and in these states, these states are losing money. These states, especially in the COVID area, so they can't increase taxes. If they increase taxes, there goes the political future. Well, what are they going to do? The Labor Department will come in and find the hell out of you, okay, because you don't have this form, you didn't meet these requirements. That's how they generate revenue. I know a guy who's in the labor department, he gets bonus on the amount of fines he has. So, so wow. again, it, it, it's, it gives you peace of mind into the future. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see small businesses saying, hey, I need to find a way to secure my business, to minimize the risk, to minimize that investment. And a PEO can definitely uh, provide that opportunity to people. So, so Danny, let me ask you this. As you, as you, I mean, this sounds great. And I got to be honest with you. I mean, I think the PEO opportunity is phenomenal. What are some of the reasons people tell you no? Like, what are some of the reasons people are like, hey, today's not my day. I'm not going to sign up for PEO. And what does that conversation look like when someone comes to you and has concerns or hesitations about this? Well, I, I think that the, the big thing is they, they want to understand the relationship. I think that it, the old days, PEOs used to be under what's called the leasing. You, almost people felt that you're, you're leasing your, that your employees now it's kind of more understood. It's a co-employment relationship. The walk side of your employees are yours. You run the employees day to day. You make the decisions. People are afraid that if if the POs can make decisions, okay, um, for their company, the POs don't make any decisions for their company, okay. 
you make those decisions. The PEOs adjust on the back end as an outsourced office. So it's a matter of explaining that um, you run you run your company the way you want. I mean, again, if you're having an, a problem with uh, you know firing an employee, you should come to guidance to the PEO so you don't get sued. Because if you get sued, they get sued. Okay. So you always, they always want to make sure that you, you're doing things in a proper manner. Um, so once that expl- that's explained and, 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 and people are comfortable with that, I think um, you know, uh, people are more uh, uh, attuned to, to listening. The second thing is, is payroll. People think, oh, my God, I'm getting rid of my payroll. The reason that the PEO needs to do your payroll is because you're using the tax ID number for payroll of the PEO to buy the master policy from Blue Cross Blue Shield or Oxford for the 50,000 people, okay? So it's one master policy for the health insurance under that tax ID number. So people said, oh, but it's not gonna be the same. It is the same. You, it, you, you submit the payroll the same, it gets direct deposit to everybody's bank account. And again, you have to make them feel comfortable. And then we do a demo for them on the portal to show them how does payroll work, how do you submit it, how you're getting the reports. So I think it, uh, some, some of it has to be visual to explain to people to, to, to get something that they've never seen before and to get them comfortable with it. Look, at the end of the day, some people might not want it, but I would say the majority of businesses now and with the environment that we're in, um, like, like the concept. And, I, I, and I, this is very big in California. It's very big in Florida and Texas. Uh, it's only become in the Northeast in the past couple of years, but more and more companies now are looking at this as an alternative. Yeah, I I can see the growth taking place, and especially in in areas where, um, you know, I, I'm based in California. We own a couple couple businesses in California, and I know that, um, you know, things are changing, for lack of better words. And, and this isn't a political podcast. We really focus on sales and sales leadership. But I will say there's things that are changing in California. Uh, that number that that number of employees that gets smaller and smaller before I have to yes. start providing retirement and different options that, to me, as a small business owner, you know, I operate on a certain margin. And every time I have to provide something as if I had 10,000 employees, it takes a little off the top, it takes a little off the top. And so when you're starting to do that, it, it hits that bottom line. So I can see why it's growing rapidly in a place like California. And, and just another point is that, you know, I've had a lot of businesses in the past couple of months call me up and they're looking to go back to company and especially in the past two or three months. And one of the questions is, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, how does that help me? Well, if you're offering now benefits, which you were not offering before, and your competitors are offering at much lower prices, if you're offering 401k, flexible spending accounts, uh, dental, vision, you don't have to pay a, a, a large amount. You just want to offer it. So when now you're paying a $900 premium or a $1,000 premium, if you pay 50% of it, that's a lot for your company. But if you have a price point of $480 now on one of the plans, you could say 50% of that, it's only $240. I can afford that. So by having a lot selection of plans, you have price points where now you can offer plans, especially for the executives who are coming and looking at your company, where you weren't able to afford it before. So recruiting is a big thing. I mean, if you're coming in and the PR is 401k and medical and dental and vision and life and everything under the sun, you're impressed. Where a 10-man company might not be able to afford it on its own, as part of a larger group, now they have the ability to do that. 
Yeah, I like that. I like I like being able to recruit top talent. And and yes. when we try to recruit and retain salespeople, I know we talked about the PEO provides a smaller turnover rate. Sales professionals in any sales industry, according to U.S. Labor Board uh, for 2019, I haven't seen the 2020 numbers, but it was a 34% turnover rate. So one out of three people that I was hiring for sales were turning over. And, and, you know, you try to look at what are they turning over for? And sometimes there's, you know, there's a management issue. Sometimes there's, there's a, a productivity or a revenue issue. But a lot of times it's, there's somebody has an opportunity that's more attractive, more stability, retirement, better health insurance, different things that are starting to be of concern, especially now, now with COVID and money, I know in my own personal life and in my business, I look at every dollar a little bit differently now. I'm like, okay, yes. if, if tomorrow, <laughs> everything's shut down completely and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't produce revenue. How long could I survive? Where am I going to pull money from? What's, what's my business? What are things that are starting to go first? So when you start analyzing the, the, uh, your finances in this capacity and in terms of your business and how you can retain people, I think PEO makes tons of sense. And, 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 and the one thing that, you know, I, you know, I, I, without tooting my horn, but tooting my horn is that I, I looked, I started looking at the POs 15 years ago. Actually, quick story, a, a buddy of mine, which came to my wedding almost 30 years ago, I used to play softball with the guy, um, you know, I lost con- a touch with him. And then uh, 10 years later, we kind of touched again. And he said, hey, uh, I said, what do you do? He says, oh, I own a PEO. And, and I said, what is that? And he explained that to me. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I don't, I never even heard of it. I said, nah, I really appreciate it, but I have no interest. Five months later, I, have a, I had a meeting with one of my large accounting firms, and um, after doing the renewals for them, she said to me, um, thank you for your service. And that's usually a bad sign when somebody says, thank you for your service, because I'm so meticulous, I quoted everything under the sun, and I'm kind of saying to myself, how could this person get anything better than what I showed? And she says to me, you know, we're looking at this new concept called the PEO. And she goes, we got a quote. We were very impressed. And then at that point, I said, you know what? Interesting. I said, my friend owns a PEO. I said, if I could get you rates that are competitive, would you keep me as your consultant? And she says, absolutely. So I went with my tail between my legs back to my friend who I discarded a, a few months ago and said, hey, listen, Andy, if, uh, if you can give me good rates, good, low administration costs, and we can beat out this other PEO, I'm going to seriously take a look at this PEO market. I used to be an accountant before I went into this business. And I said, if it financially makes sense for companies, I'm going to learn about it. And you're going to get more business than you can ever imagine. To this day, 15 years later, I still have that accounting firm. And as an accountant, I've looked at this and said to myself, financially, it makes sense. If it makes sense, it makes sense. And um, it's, it's, it's been really uh, a godsend since because in the small group market, going from a 10-person group from an Aetna to a Blue Cross or a Cigna, you're not saving any money anymore. The, the, the Delta is a 4%, 3%, 2%. But when you get a 20 and 30% on health insurance with these professional employee organizations, because you're leveraging being a large group, it, it seems like these are the new solutions moving forward. You know, it's, it, I would say just even hearing this conversation, when you mentioned PEO, the first thing that came to mind, and it was my experience, was employee leasing. But again, this is, 12, 13, 14 years ago when I was first oh, wow. introduced to that concept. So uh, to hear the, the evolution take place and you, and you start to analyze what becomes available, um, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. You know, I want to I I 
give a quick pivot here on something, Danny. You, sure. you mentioned you had this accounting firm. You're an accountant. You have an accounting yes. background. Yes. But now you're also a business owner. Yes. And you're producing and generating revenue. How are you getting customers in your business? How are you uh, recruiting and attracting prospects? Who's running that sales process? What does that process look like for someone who eventually becomes a customer? So, so in my business, it's twofold. Um, one fold is because I was an accountant um, is having a relationship with what's called centers of influence, having a relationship with accounting firms, um, HR consultants, outsource CFOs. These are companies who have multiple clients. So when I sit down with a, an accounting firm, a partner in an accounting firm and explain to him the value that we can bring to his clients, because if you take a think about accounting firms right now, people don't want them only to do numbers. They want them to bring value if it's how to grow the company, if it's how to save them money on different areas of the business. So when I tell an accountant, listen, I can bring value where I could take and save money on the benefits. I could save 80,000, 100,000, whatever it is. Um, I could be a good resource for you. So accounts are setting up meetings for me for educational purposes to talk about this PEO market. I don't sell at a, at a call, I educate. I said, here's another option that's available to you. Have you heard of it? I would say, until recently, maybe 80 to 90% of the consultants, they don't bring it up. You need a lot of expertise in this area to understand it. So now, employers of these accounting firms are finding a new way to look at the health benefits and a new avenue. So a lot of accountants are coming to me for advice, are coming to me to call their clients up. Same thing when an outsourced CFO, a CFO goes in, the first thing he's looking to do is say, hey, what can I do to help your business? Well, your benefits are usually your second or third biggest expense after payroll and rent. Well, that's a monumental amount of uh, potential savings by looking at this avenue. So they look, uh, look at it. So, you know, again, centers of influence is a very big area for me because it, it generates... Um, it generates warm leads. It generates leads where I trust my accountant, I trust my CFO, I will listen to what you have to say. So that's one area. And then the second area that I've been working with, actually my son has been helping me out. He's, uh, he's in medical school, but he has his own business. Um, and, and I have one, uh, one employee who was uh, a big part of the PEO world, she, she walks with me now, um, is LinkedIn, um, Facebook, um, so we, we, you know, we, we make connections on the LinkedIn and Facebook. We do some advertising. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are curious to set up a 15-minute call and just say, hey, what is this all about? Um, so the social media is one area, and the centers of influence are another big area. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode. I hope you're enjoying what you have heard thus far. Have you heard the good news? The international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions, has been named a 2021 Selling Power Magazine book recommendation. And I want to thank you, the Catapulting Commissions family. You can claim a free copy by texting hello to 661-228-8967. You can also find out more information at catapultingcommissions.com. Okay, 
let's get back to the show. I like that. I think the social media uh, is going to be key in growing and moving forward. Uh, I couldn't see a time where social media is more valuable now. I mean, I think uh, businesses who aren't using social media to sell or generate revenue is similar to businesses who weren't using a website. And, you know, it's just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. So I think that's a great strategy. I want to piggyback. You, you talked about the centers of influence and relationships that you've built um, and cultivating these relationships. So essentially you're getting warm leads. Is it a fair assumption that the closing rate from a warm lead that comes from your center of influence to a cold call lead or someone who just found you on social media, is it a little bit higher in that warm lead market in that center of influence? It's huge. I mean, I would say that I close above 75% of the warm leads and it's even higher. The cold leads, I would say more in the 20% area to 30% area, depending. I I have a good story, you know, and I'm, you know, you want to look at it. It's almost like a replacement business. You have health benefits, so you don't mind. It's not personal. So you don't mind looking at another way to do the same thing that you're doing now, just in a more efficient manner. I'm not selling a new copy machine. I'm not selling, you know, something that you have to pay for. You're already paying for this. So if I could get you the same plans that you have in the large group market at a 20 or 30% reduction in your premium, I mean, I would say that 90% of the people I talk to say, I can't imagine why it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, and, 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 and the other thing is people who would save, you know, before COVID people who I went to and they have a bigger company and they said, Oh, you're only saving me 25, $20,000, $25,000. You know, I don't know if it's worth moving. You could you have to see how many people came back to me. And now those dollars are more meaningful to them because of the reduction in sales or the reduction in their business growth. So I think that the, the, the product itself from an educational standpoint is a great product that could bring value to a lot of clients. It doesn't make a difference in what industry you are. You could be in the manufacturing industry. Uh, you know, you could be in the advertising, uh, you could be um, in the financial industry. So the POs also, just so you know, a lot of them are niche. Some are more, some are more of the blue collar, some of the gray collar, some of the, the white collar. So, you, so it, I know where to go just based on the 15 years of experience where you probably will get the best result, you know, um, for the type of industry you have. I love it, man. The, the sales team, Catapult and Commissions family, did you, did you just hear what Danny just said? I, I, there's, there is so much value there with 25 years experience, an expert in his field, and he point blank tells you my warm leads close higher. So if I'm Danny and I'm going to spend my wills and I'm going to have my time, I know my time is going to be cultivating that relationship. For those of you that are out right now, sales professionals, salespreneurs, sales leaders, if you're not focusing that time on cultivating that uh, center of influence, to use Danny's exact words, if you're not cultivating that relationship, if you're not building that and you're just continuing pounding the pavement, for lack of better words, cold calling on doors, cold calling on social media. Well, yes, that's part of the strategy, but don't forget, right? We, in, in the world of sales, in the world of small business, we don't get paid for the degree of difficulty. We get paid to produce revenue. And if I know I have someone, a, a place that I can close 75% of my business versus 20 or 30, 
you best believe my time is going to be spent prioritizing uh, that that part there. So I appreciate you sharing that insight, Danny. Do what do you do? Let's let's talk a little bit about that relationship. What do you do to cultivate those relationships? I mean, you you know these people, you know them from years, but how do you constantly provide value to them? Because as you're saying this right now, first thing comes to mind. I'm like, okay, well, if this is and this this is a great and it's a growing opportunity. Who's your competitor, and how are you preventing your competitor from attacking or getting into your centers of influence? Well, I, I, I think it's you know what it, it's really like you said about cultivating a relationship. So you know, I I speak to them. I call them up, I send them. So when I have, um, for example, I, I do flyers on um, informational, uh, informational flyers. I, I email it to them that they can send it to a client or if they're going to see a new client. Um, I take them out to lunch. I play golf with them. I, um, you know, uh, send them articles. So I was written up in Yahoo Finance. I send them the article to send to their clients. Um, anything that I um, can share, I share. I don't do it on a daily basis, but you know, I do it on a monthly basis. I call, I, if I have opportunities to give them business, I try to learn about their business. Um, so most of us have accountants. We, I have my accountant who does my taxes. I mean, I have my accountant who does my financials, but there's a wonderful center of an influence to say, Hey, I'm your client. I would appreciate if, if you are seeing other clients, if you could mention what I do, if it's a client that you feel can use my services. So, you know, I have a lawyer. I, I have a financial, if you have a financial advisor, you know, people always are willing to help you if you're a good client of theirs because they know that that helps you grow your business and you provide the same opportunity for them. I don't care if you're a plumber and you have an account, you can say, listen, if I know another plumber or I know a friend who needs an account, I'm going to recommend you. So in the back of their mind, they know that if you have an opportunity to recommend them, you will. You know, I, had a, I, I just had a client that I want the health benefits and I need to, I just, I'm, I'm just in the middle of construction to do my, ba- my bathroom. I'm using him. He's getting a $25,000 fee. Now he said he, he recommended me to somebody um, uh, a couple of days ago. And then... My, na- my neighbor is flipping houses, and, I, and while he was in my house, I called my neighbor, and he came over, and they spoke. And now he's going to give him business. So it's all about the relationship, and it shouldn't be a one-sided relationship. If it's a two-sided relationship, and that's the biggest thing, then they want to do for you. They're not, it, it's like, you know, and listen, it's not easy to switch accountants, for, but I still make a recommendation. I did give him a client. They might give me three clients for every one I give him, but he sees at least some time. Yeah, it's it's almost like those relationships you're you're cultivating. It's uh, it's it's kind of like the relationship with a marriage or or spouse yeah. or boyfriend girlfriend. If Absolutely. you're always taking something, someone's like, "Hey, yes. man, I'm not getting anything in return." Exactly. And that is so true in the world of business. I mean, the golf course. You know, I think about you know I've taken clients in the past golfing. And, and I've gone with the intent, Hey, I'm gonna buy your drinks, you know, this round of golf. And you know what? The next round of golf, they buy mine or vice versa. It's just always the, the small things. And then you start referring clients. The, the challenge I think some sales professionals get into, or some business owners get into is, is they believe this is supposed to happen immediately. Now no. I would suspect Danny, these relationships you're talking about are years in the making. Oh my God. You're so right. It, it really, 
it, cultivating a relationship takes time. Uh, it, there's something called a trust factor. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have to trust you. So think about a, a partner in an accounting firm giving me uh, reforms. Well, he's thinking to himself, if he messes up my referral, I could lose that client. I really have to trust this guy and know that he's really out for the best, to do the best thing for my client and for the best interest of my client before I'm comfortable putting my reputation on the line. And I know that when I speak to an account, I know if I mess up one account, that will cost me the business with all his or her clients. And I also make it very clear to my vendors, this lead comes from an accountant. Don't mess it up because then you're hurting my reputation and then you're going to have an issue with me. And I give these companies a lot of business, so they're very careful handling uh, the clientele. So trust is a big thing and it takes time for trust. Uh, But once they trust you or they feel that, you're a person that can compliment them without being concerned about it. The floodgates open. I love that, man. The floodgates will open. Catapulting Commission's family, don't be in a rush to make that relationship. Don't force it. Cultivate don't. it. Grow it. Give more than you ask for in return. And once that relationship takes place, it it changes business in, in all aspects. And, and I say this, I've been, I've been, I've been in sales, sales leadership for 20 years different industries, different businesses. And the one thing that remains the constant is where we cultivate and spend our time and our efforts in developing those relationships, it grows. It's, it's simple. It's, it's not rocket science, guys. Spend time, develop those, those relationships that Danny said are he's closing at 70 75%. And as you're new and you're getting started and you're growing your business, uh, you know, I, I think of one of my clients who, who's, who's in the financial industry who, who does um, loans for businesses. And we just had a conversation recently where it was, hey, these relationships you have to develop and cultivate. You have to pay your bills, which is why we go to this 20, 30, 15% closing rate. You have to pound this, pan, pound this, this uh, pavement, pound this sand to, to feed your family. But don't forget growing this year because once that switches, Man, you'll find out why being a salespreneur or sales executive is such a wonderful place because the money grows. So, and Anthony, if I, I could that. just, and if I could just give one more a point to all the people out there, educate about your product instead of selling your product. I think when you educate, if it's an accountant, if it's a CFO, if it's the actual client, when he feels that he can participate in the conversation instead of you're just selling him. I hate salespeople, I'm sorry, but I, they annoy me sometimes. And, and, but if you're gonna educate me and you're gonna let me ask questions, I feel much more comfortable. They also gotta like you as a human being. And, and, and I'm gonna say this because I, I think I can, when I, when I have a call with a client, I don't jump into the product. I don't jump into, we could talk about where do you live, Oh, you're a, I just talked with a big talking company in Minnesota. I said, oh, you like the Minnesota Vikings? It was a big fan. We talked football five to 10 minutes. We started developing a relationship before we even learned about my product. You know, I hear it's cold where you, uh, you guys are. Uh, you know, anything that you can do to start a conversation without jumping into the product. And then when you jump into the product, you educate. I find that a better way to eventually and hopefully um, pick up a client. 
Um, and, 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 and again, I, I, I live by that motto. I, I, I once came off a, a case and I don't do this very often. And I go, God damn it. I sound like a salesman. And I did not like myself after that. And I, I, so I'm really careful. The other thing I can give advice is let the client talk, <laughs> ask the client about his company. He likes to talk about his company. It makes him feel good to talk about his company. If you just jump in and say, okay, I'm going to sell you this, and this is why the product is good, and this and that, there's a lot, the, the guy feels pressure. If you let him talk, I'll say, tell me, tell me a little bit about your company, okay? And by the time he's finished, he feels good about what he told you. And I say, okay, I think I have a solution to you know, some of your concerns. And then he starts talking, and he participates in the conversation. So just a couple of pointers that I, I think might be good. I love that, Danny. As we wrap that up, catapulting commissions family, did you hear that? Let your client talk. You have two ears, one mouth. Use the one you have two of. Use your ears more. You <laughs> learn so much from when someone is, is speaking with you, from when someone's talking with you. And, and, and Danny's talking about the aspect of, of building that rapport, right? I, I use, for me personally, I use P's, right? people, places, uh, pets, parents, and then I throw a T in their travel, right? You can find all kinds of different things just by following that and learning about uh, your clients, your prospects, developing and building that relationship. And I would say this, only do that if it's something that you genuinely can carry a conversation on about. If it's something you don't know, just tell somebody, hey man, I don't, I don't fully understand about baking home-baked pasta. Tell me about it. You'd be surprised. Someone who loves home-baked pasta, they'll tell you all about it. And the fact that you listen with intent when it comes time to educate and not sell your product, they'll return and reciprocate the favor. That's one of the keys of influence that we talk about on the show is, is, is the law of reciprocity. If you give first, it's natural that someone wants to give you something back. And if you educate first, it doesn't always mean you're going to get a yes, but I can tell you one thing. You will educate and you will gain someone's respect. And if you're in this business of sales or salespreneurship for the long haul, it always comes back to you. It might not come back to you immediately. It might not be the sale you want tomorrow. But if you're doing this for a career, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, guys, it's one long game. So, and, and Anthony, I'll say, and I'll say one more thing. And, and treat every client the same way. Don't treat the small client different than you treat the large client. I have gotten more business from my two, three-person client that I made basically no money on. But they appreciated the service that I gave them, and they gave me more referrals to bigger clients than I've ever gotten for some of my bigger clients. So, and I, and, 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 and somebody would say to me, oh, I know I'm only a two-person group. I know I'm only, and I said, listen, I don't care how big you are. I said, you're going to be treated the same way as my 200-person group. I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to get this thing done for you. And their appreciation, they want to do then something back for you. And I've seen this over and over and over. Will you make a client feel a small client feel as a big client and, and the appreciation that you get from them is invaluable. I love that. I appreciate it. Danny, where can the catapulting commissions family find you? Where can somebody who is a sales leader or a, a sales premier that does have that two, three, five, ten 10 person firm, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find you? Yeah. So you, uh, a couple of ways uh, you can go to my uh, website at www.ac mgmt.com. Uh, you can always call at uh, my office at 516-829-4880. And I also have um, a LinkedIn account under Daniel Nessim where you can uh, message me and I will uh, message you back. I have a lot of business owners uh, messaging me about uh, 
you know, the POs and they want to get an education. And you can actually book something on my calendar for 15 to 30 minutes where I can educate you about that on LinkedIn. Perfect, Danny. Catapult and Commissions family, we will have those links in the show notes. So if you're listening to the audio version on iTunes or Spotify or your favorite podcast player, look at the show notes. If you're watching the video or looking at the video on YouTube, it will be in the show notes below. Catapult and Commissions family, we are constantly trying to find ways to bring additional value to you. Today's show gives you twofold. One, you hear from a small business owner, educate, don't sell your product, treat every client the same, build your relationships, your center of influence. Guys, those are fundamental principles. You could be selling PEO services. You could be selling pencils. You could be selling hot dogs at the street fair. Some of those things are never going to change, right? We want to educate and not, we want to educate our client, not just sell our product, which is backwards thinking for sales philosophies. And I know this, the, the hardcore closer mentality and always go and get it. And I'll tell you guys what, it doesn't work. If, you, if you're listening to this show and you haven't heard my, my take on that hardcore closing, go back, listen to a previous episode titled How Things Went Wrong at BMW. And you'll hear my story about my experience of purchasing a BMW and why one BMW dealership lost my business and one earned my business for life. So we'll, we'll, you can go ahead and piggyback on that show as well. Danny, thank you, my friend, for joining the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I wish you nothing but success in health and wealth in the 2021 year. Hi, Anthony, I really appreciate you having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, Catapulting Commissions family. I'll see you next Wednesday. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commissions Podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commissions, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.